Hi, this is Glenn Delakian, host of Tandem Radio, The Good News on Business, heard every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or on the web. Thanks for joining us for a special series, Building a Kingdom-Minded Company. Whether you're a business owner or just starting your first job, our desire is that God would influence every part of your life, including your business world. Mark Griffin, president of In His Name HR, which provides human resources consulting for many organizations, brings some fantastic tools on faith and work through his 12-part series on building a company for God's glory. Let's join Mark and host D. Kovac for this segment on Building a Kingdom-Minded Company here at TandemRadio.com. And today we're talking with Christian business consultant Mark Griffin about his company, In His Name Human Resources. In His Name HR is leading business as a kingdom-minded company. During this 12-part series, Mark gives you the tools to prosper as a kingdom-minded company. Hi again, Mark, and welcome. Here we are, show number five. How are you? I'm doing great, Dee. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, in this show, we are going to talk about organizational core values. Exactly, Mark. What are the core values? And uh, wouldn't anyone who knows that you're a kingdom company know what your core values are? It is important that customers know your core values, your vendors, your employees know your values, and it's so important that at one point in time, companies should memorialize what the core values are for the organization. Now, for the sake of definition and being able to get my mind around this, so when we say value, we're saying something of importance, something that means something to us and that is essential in our success as a kingdom company? Absolutely. A core value from my human resource perspective is one that reflects the heart of your organization. It's what your, it's what makes your organization tick. It defines your organization. It's how your vendors view your company your behavior towards them. It's your culture and dealing with customers. Quite frankly, it's really what your employees' neighbors say about your company. Because your your employees are going home, they're talking to the neighbors, and they're saying, hey, I work at XYZ Company. Those neighbors are going to have a opinion and a viewpoint of what your company is about. When those employees are speaking what your core values are, it's letting the world know how your company operates. It's really your heart and the way you do things. Well, when we value things we and we find uh, value in things, a lot of times we put them on the earthly treasures and uh, I'm going to I have a feeling I'm going to make a stretch here that you're not going to talk about necessarily the earthly treasures so to speak. Um as no, maybe other. No, but I, I, I think when, when uh, employees embrace a culture that includes them, includes their viewpoint, allows them to be actively engaged, that defines their mission, their vision, and values, the company can only do one thing, and that's to be prosperous. They will prosper. I always look at many things that I've done throughout my career that when I wasn't looking for money, and I wasn't looking for prosperity because I embraced it and I loved it and I s- showed so much energy around it. Prosperity came. And financially, I ended up being supported by it. So, you know, in my experience, I believe prosperity's there all the time and God provides us with prosperity and he's going to feed us. He's going to clothe us. 
because he loves us far greater than the birds, and of course the birds aren't even worried about what they're going to eat tomorrow, right? So prosperity is going to be there for the company when you do the right thing and you memorialize these values. But wouldn't you say that there is a difference between what we need and what we are hoping to prosper in? So when we talk about, you know, God's going to give us what we need, you know, I mean, how much can I ask for? How much, you know, like uh, what all can I say in my values? Um, you know, do I am I putting um, more into the value of the essence of the people and the company? Is that what I'm trying to emote? Well, there's a, a variety of different values and a variety of different angles, and each company's a little bit different. I mean, there's a laundry list of, of really hundreds of values that, 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 that you can look at. In fact, if you go to my website, I, I blogged about building core values, and I have a laundry list of core values. Some of them may be as simple as uh, efficiency being a value individual responsibility being a value, quality being a value, ownership. Even some companies include profitability as, as a value as well. But I ask and I coach these companies as we develop the values to always preface it with the statement about the values before you just list a laundry list of value values. And that that statement should talk about a reference point of why you have the values, where the values were created, where do the values come from. And, and many of these organizations like to say things that they're a company founded on biblical principles, and as such, we operate within the premise of these core values. They also will add things in there that says sometimes we make mistakes and we fail, but we own up to these mistakes. And that's part of their core value that they're, they don't want to be hypocrites. So they want to define to their vendors and their customers that they do make mistakes and that it's okay to call them on the mistakes, but they're going to do their best to correct and move forward. So when we talk about values, we're not throwing up like the Ten Commandments and saying, no. oh, these are our values. This is what we believe. No, D, absolutely not. Uh, what I'm talking about is a blend of values that's important to the customers, important to the, the, the vendors, but created by the employees and the leadership to memorialize what the heart is of the organization. Naturally, one of those values is going to touch on Christianity. Uh, that could be something around integrity um, or courage or uh, whatnot. But typically, the values, there's there's five of them. I advocate that they have about four or five, not 10 or 15. And then it's a blend of different values that help define that organization. When you say it's a blend, what kind of blend? Is it a blend of uh, where the values come from or is it the types of values that is different? It's, it's both because all, all, all five values don't have to be biblical values. They they can define things around the organization with quality, productivity, all, all, all things that are important to the company. They don't have to all be biblical-based, although I think all of us could argue that uh, quality is biblical-based, that God wants us to do everything in a quality fashion. Sure. Uh, but they can be things that don't come across as being uh, biblical in nature. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, in the secular arena, they have values and 
so how would it be any different for a kingdom company? You said they can be biblical, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Well, there's a variety of reasons why it's a little bit different. One, you will have a kingdom purpose in your values. You're, you're, you're going to be stating something that ties in or draws in your Christianity from the owners of the organization uh, as defining what your heart is. Um, but where most companies fail, and this is secular and Christian organizations, is they fail to do anything once they create whatever the core values is. They create the mission, they create the vision, they create the core values, and they don't do anything with it. Well, that's my next question. How? Do, where are we going to see the core values? Like, let's take it each part at a time. Like, how is the how is the customer going to see the core values and know this is what you find important in what you're doing? I always love this question because it it seems as an HR professional working with big companies and the medium companies for many years. To me, it seems so elementary because I'm an HR guy and I know how it works and I know how to properly integrate. But there's so many folks that are running businesses that don't really appreciate or understand how you integrate this into your HR practices. But I'll tell you what, we all know that whenever we hold people accountable for things, they get things done. So one of my first integration points is integrating the core values into your handbook, into your processes, into your procedures. I mean, if you have a core value that states you're going to operate within integrity, well, that should be in your handbook. That should be part of your rule. That should be part of your procedure. That should be part of something that you're held accountable for. Uh, integrity means you're not going to steal, that you're not going to cheat, that you're not going to you know, use drugs or alcohol in the workplace or misbehave or be involved in harassment of any type. Well, that's what I find when I start working with business owners is we start redefining and rewriting their handbook that all of a sudden becomes a little bit more meaningful to employees and not so much heavy-handed because you're looking at the outcome of integrity instead of being so punitive. Well, okay, so the core values then are actually where we're starting to put the rubber to the road. We are starting to actually take something that is going to be, is not just a summation or an overview of something, but it is starting to put uh, tangible pieces that are worked into the essence in the daily business of your business. That's exactly right. You're ingraining it. You're integrating. I like to use the word integration. You're integrating those core values through every HR practice that you have to make it alive, to make it come into fruition. That's how the customer sees it. When, when you asked, well, how do the customers you know, realize the core values or how do they get exposed to it? They get exposed to it through the actions of the employees themselves. But if it's not ingrained into the culture, if they're not held accountable to that culture, the customer will never realize that because the employees aren't acting accordingly. And we are talking about HR practices and HR, but this is also a marketing thing, too. And I'm not saying just to put it out there like the bait on the hook to get people to come into your company, but the way you're dealing with suppliers, vendors, customers, you're saying something about yourself also. This is how I am going to hold myself accountable in my relationship with you. Absolutely. And and I dance around that quite a bit because I'm a little bit uncomfortable saying, well, we do things to have 
uh, kingdom purpose and be kingdom minded so that we can grow in prosperity, but we're outward with our faith because it'll attract customers and we'll be more profitable. Well, I think the profitability will come and I think, and I do know that statistically and the marketing materials that I've seen that customers will gravitate towards a Christian owned organization over a secular organization. There's a Barna study out about that. But I believe if you stay focused and you stay true to yourself and true to your employees and you live out the core values, that that will be the final outcome. But it's not the single purpose on why you do it. I see. So we are talking about now the real integration in the fabric and fiber of how you're going to operate your company, um, primarily in the team, the, the disciples, the followers, everybody who's going to be woven into the fabric of your company, um, how you're going to start treating them. Uh, give me an example of what somebody's value may have been or what even in your own kingdom company you have as one of your core values. Well, I think there's... Um a, a simple one that I, I can use as an example, and that's really just respect. Um, that, that can be a wonderful core value. We value our vendors, our customers, and ourselves. We treat each other as we would want ourselves to be treated. It, it sounds elementary. It sounds like, well, you know, any good company should operate within respect and have it as a core value. But I can tell you there's many companies that don't. There's many customer service organizations that don't operate within the realm of respect. And we as business leaders might think that. We may wish it. Uh, we may dream it. But are we really managing our organizations with that respect piece? Are we really treating our employees with dignity and respect? Are we really holding them accountable? Are we really respecting our customers when we make a promise to them to ship by a certain date and we don't? And then maybe we fudge things a little bit and misrepresent why it happened. That's all around respect. So respect is a a very simplistic value uh, to list. It's something easy for people to understand. But is it really ingrained through the culture and is it something that people embrace? Well, I'm hearing also some things regarding, I mean, basically what you have just defined is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. I mean, we all want to be treated with respect. That doesn't mean we are demanding respect. I think we all earn respect. But certainly we earn that by treating everybody in the same fashion. And that is what you're telling me is that it basically, one of them could be something much like that, treating people with respect. It's the golden rule. Absolutely. And, you, you know, I had an experience about two weeks ago that I just, I get so warm when I think about it. I, I was meeting with the CEO and I was meeting with the general manager and they both lit up and said, you know what? We ran into a circumstance with one of our supervisors where the supervisor wasn't acting appropriately. And we grabbed the mission, vision, and values, and we said, let's look at our values and evaluate the situation under that premise. Let's use that as the gauge. Is this supervisor acting accordingly within the values of the organization? Okay? That warmed me up because that's an effective use of the mission, vision, values. They were saying, is that supervisor's behavior indicative of what we're telling employees and and telling vendors and customers. 
that's the barometer, it's the gauge, and, and that's what they went back to, and that's an effective use of it. Well, one of the things that you're saying, you know, and I think that, you know, as a, as a professional, you're saying that this isn't necessarily what you or the business owner expects the employees, how they are to behave under these values, but how you yourself are going to behave also. No, no, we, we, no, all employees need to behave accordingly and reflect the values as well. I see this as truly being something that is where it's, like I said, really hitting the road. You're, you're off and running now and that this is going to be the thing that, uh, it's not meant to be job descriptions though. It's not meant to be at that no. level of detail. No, but it, you build it into the job description as a statement that says everybody within this organization will operate within the realm of our values of, of, of the company. And it's hierarchical as far as how you are listing your core values, your most important one being your first one? Not necessarily. I, I think they all are, are – what I find is they're all equal in, in weight and format and meaning to, to, to employees. Is that why you find it effective for to only have maybe five or so of the core values listed? I do, and I, I also find when I brainstorm the core values – through different levels of the organization, that many of the values can fit within four or five, that they may be different wording, but they mean a lot of the same things. So we're able to delve it down to, to, to four or five values. The other thing that I find increasingly curious is when we're brainstorming these values, how the values that employees have that are working second shift and third shift match up with the leadership but at the beginning of the process, they all would say that none of the values are going to match up, that the leaders don't care about this or the, the uh, hourly employees don't care about that. But at the end of the day, they all care about the same thing. So this definitely isn't a thing that is going to come from the board of directors or the executives or the managers of the company. It is completely integrated top down a- absolutely. and they vice can, versa. They, they can try it, but without hesitation, I can tell you it won't work. It needs to be integrated. We thank you for joining us here uh, in this show where we have talked about the core values. We're going to ask you to join us again. Where the next show, we're talking about HR practices. Mark Griffin of In His Name HR will be with us again. Until next time. You've been listening to Mark Griffin of In His Name HR at Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Be sure to check out some of Mark's other segments at www.tandemradio.com. That's tandemradio.com. You can find out more about Mark and In His Name HR, as well as other shows and videos on our website. Also, be sure to tune in every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Bridge FM or the web. Thanks again for joining us for the good news on business.